just pray that just in the closing moments of this service right now, Holy Spirit, I pray as I speak just simple words and bring to people's attention your words that you've spoken, promises that you've made to each and every one of us. Lord, I pray that whilst we would hear them with our ears, I pray that they would sink a little deeper than our heads, that they would go into our hearts. That needy place, that empty place, that vacant place that we often try to fill with so many things. But Lord, we know that the heart was designed for you and you alone. We're all searching for peace. We're all searching for answers. We've sung about it. We're all searching. Life is one big search mission. Lord, I pray as I speak today that some answers would be given. Some questions would be resolved. That confusion in people's minds would go. That peace would come. In fact, the Prince of Peace, Jesus, would come and live again in our hearts. Lord, right now I pray that you'd walk amongst us and do what only you can do. Bring salvation, bring healing, bring deliverance, bring freedom, bring clarity of thought in Jesus' name. We ask it. Amen. You can be seated. Fantastic. Let's give our musicians a big, massive shout. You can shout anything at them as long as you don't swear. Fantastic. Wonderful. What a great morning we're having together today in God's house. And uh, last week I was speaking about Joseph in the Bible. You may have heard about Joseph and his Technicolor dream coat. Anybody heard of Joseph? In the Bible, there was a West End play devoted to him. Jason Donovan sang that song about the Technicolor Dreamcoat, and he was Joseph, apparently. Yeah, I was speaking about Joseph, and I woke up this morning just wondering whether I was going to continue that because it's something that I do want to continue. And as I woke, the Holy Spirit brought to my attention words and a promise made by Jesus Christ. And he said... You go in this direction today, in a couple of weeks' time when you come back from holidays, you can get back on Joseph maybe. But today, I want you to bring my promise to the minds of my people. He wants us to hear words that have been spoken to Jesus, spoken by Jesus to every single person in this room without exception. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what's gone on in your life. Jesus has made very specific promises to every single person in this room. God is not angry with any one of us. God does not have an angry scowl on his face. He doesn't have a heavy attitude when he looks at your life. In fact, our lives are beautiful before God. Uh, his eyes are upon us, the Bible says. And he's looking out and watching out for every single one of us. So I want to draw our attention this morning to some promises that Jesus has made to you. I want you to think about them. 
And if you can, when you leave this building, I want you to remember them because they're very important words. Probably the greatest words, the greatest promise that you will ever hear are the promises that I am going to speak to you this morning. There is no human being on the face of this earth that can make this promise to you or to I. I'm 46 years of age. I know I look 66. My father looks younger than me. Dad, stand up a minute. My father looks younger than me. What's going on, people? How is it that I look older than my dad? His youth is being renewed like the eagles, just like the Bible says. I'm 46 years of age. And like you, in my lifetime, I have met many people. There are people here this morning that are older than 46. And you have met more people than I have met. And all of the people that I have met and all of the people that you have met and all of the people that are involved in your life, none of them, without exception, will ever be able to make the promise that I am going to read to you this morning. In fact, I've looked in the history books. I've looked at great speeches and great promises that people have made down throughout the century and centuries and down to our present day. You can look at the great promises and statements that emperors make, that entrepreneurs make, that politicians make, that, that people of importance make, and not one of them can even come close to making the promise that Jesus Christ makes to you and I today. There's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like him. And this promise is a promise of loyalty to you. This promise introduces you to his care that will never fail. This promise that Jesus makes, the words that I'm going to read to you, is a promise that lasts for every generation, for time, and on into eternity. It's unimaginable, and there's only one person that can fulfill this promise. It's none other than Jesus Christ. That is why every Sunday morning, we go ballistic. It's like mass karaoke. You've seen it. There's just something about Jesus that we love as a church. It's hard to explain. And for so long, my life was a life that, that stood against Jesus. Jesus was a curse word to me. When people came to me one day in, on the streets of Northern Ireland and said, have you ever accepted Jesus into your life? I tell you something now. I wasn't speaking Irish to him. I was speaking French to him cursing them. The name of Jesus, who do you think you are? Bleak, bleep, bleep, blankety blank. Jesus, I had no time for Jesus, no respect for Jesus. But even amidst my rejection of Jesus, he was willing to receive me. His love chased me down. His love followed me. It came hard after me. It was unrelenting. It pursued me until it broke me. 
It didn't break me with a rod of iron. It didn't break me with, with some kind of vice-like neck hold. It didn't break me by, you know, just jumping into my life and making demands that I couldn't fulfill. It just kept, kept coming at me, loving me, forgiving me, cleansing me of all of my shame. And for many years now, I have known and have been the recipient of a love that I've never been able to separate myself from. In fact, the Bible says this, a man in the Bible who was a hater of Jesus and a hater of the church, he was the, 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 the very man that penned these wonderful words. He says, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. There's no trouble, there's no trial, there's no sin, there's no shameful act. God will forgive it all to get to you because why? He loves you. He loves you. His love is unending. It's eternal. It's wonderful. It's magnificent. It's beyond imagination. And very often we feel we're so undeserved of it. And of course we are. We can't do anything to pay God for this kind of love. We can't do anything to try and merit this love. You like I. We were just born into a world of trouble, friends. When I came out of my mother's womb, I was just, you know, a beautiful little thing, smiling and happy. But then as you go down through the road of life, my mum and dad didn't have to teach me how to do wrong, it came natural. It's a gift I've got. It's called sin working within you. No, my mom and dad had to spend all of their days, day and night, trying to correct that wrong and trying to make right of it. No, it's obvious that we need God. Just within ourselves, everything is wrong. But God doesn't go like this, you sinner, you stinking thing, you shameful thing. God says, listen, I'll send my son to die for you so that I can put all of that right within you and that I can bridge the gap and come and be with you and live in you and move in you and have my being in you and make all things right. That's the kind of God that we serve. It really is. Let me read to you just a little line, that's all it is. But oh, it says so much. A little line in the Bible that you could carry through your life for the rest of your life. And if you get it, you'll be happy forever. You really will. Just one little line, a few words. It's amazing with what God can do with just a few little words as he makes his promises to us. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. It says this, For he has said that he is Jesus. Now this is him speaking to you and me. Well, he's not speaking to me, Dave. You don't know the type of person I've been. You don't know the type of person I am. Listen, he's speaking to you, my friend. This is how love speaks. This is how perfect love speaks. The Bible says that God is love. It doesn't say that God is anger. It doesn't say that God is callous and cold. God is love. He appeals to us. He loves us. For he has said, Jesus has said, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I've looked at the history books. I've looked at the great people that have lived down throughout time, probably like you have. You can look at the, 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 the highs and the lows of life. You can look at the political climates. You can look at the politicians that make their great claims. There's not one, not one that could ever make a statement like that and substantiate it. Look at all of the religious leaders. Tell me what religious leader ever made a statement like that. There isn't one. You will not find one. Only Jesus Christ could make a statement like that. And I'll tell you why he made it. The answer is simple. It's profound. And in some senses, it's completely unexplainable and unimaginable. It's because he loves us. He loves us. And whether we love him, whether we reciprocate that affection, whether we reciprocate that feeling to him, he says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That is love on another scale, my friends. It really is. Do you know there were three Welsh doctors on a, a Welsh radio program and the radio presenter asked them a very simple question. He said, what are the three common ailments that you find in people that come into your surgery every day that you cannot cure with medicine. And they consulted and they spoke for a few moments. And then one man, a spokesman, came forward and he said, well, he said, there are three things that we see in our practices every day with people. And they come in, in their lines, they come in drove after drove, day after day, week after week, with these ailments, the three things that we see in Welsh people on a daily basis is fear, loneliness, and insecurity. And there is not any medicine that we know of that can deal with fear. There is not any antidote for loneliness or insecurity. But we have to medicate people for those three things, knowing that we're just numbing the pain numbing the issue but really we're not solving the problem and then the man said this he said if there was a person that could come into our world that could deal with those three things fear insecurity and loneliness he would be a wonderful man indeed a very prosperous man let me tell you I am here to tell you today the good news of the Bible the good news of the gospel is this Jesus Christ has come to deal with those three things fear insecurity and loneliness and I'll tell you why I'll tell you why he can do it because as I've already said he is the prince of peace he really is well how does he do it Dave do you know what? It's just a simple invitation. When you invite somebody into your home, they knock the door, you open the door, and it's all about whether you're going to let them in or not. If they're an intruder, you'd be crazy to let them in and wreck your house and rob your home. But if they're a welcome guest, if they're there because you know that they love you, you know that 
They've got their best, your best interests at heart. You know that you have a friendship and a relationship with them. You're going to welcome them on in, coming in. You're going to show them the whole house. You're not going to be fearful of them. It's like that with Jesus. I'm telling you now. You look back on your life and I guarantee you, every person in this room, at some point, Jesus has been there just knocking on the door. Hey, John, can I come in today? No, not today, Jesus. He did it with me countless times. Dave, I don't want to make you religious. I don't want to send you to the local monastery, dress you up funny so you look weird. Hopefully I don't look weird. I love you. I want to help you. I want to come in. And love kept knocking my door. And one day, do you know what? It's a simple prayer. A four-letter word. Help me. It's the best prayer ever you pray. It really is. It's not about stained glass windows and great towering architecture, friends. It's about a loving God who sent his son from heaven, who wants a relationship with you, who's knocking the door of your heart that's saying, hey, please, I want to come in not to control you, but to give you the life that I've purchased for you. It's very simple. It really is. Now that simple, simple promise, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Guarantees us four wonderful things. First of all, it guarantees us unconditional love. Jesus is saying, I will never leave you so you can know that I love you unconditionally. Our world, our relationships are based on conditions. If you love me, I'll love you. I've got my conditions like you've got your conditions. But what if those conditions start to fade? What, when the, what happens if the pressure comes on and life hits and we start to, you know, get a bit edgy and a bit negative with one another? I guarantee you lots of times people won't hang around. Why? Because love, our love is conditional. It's conditional. We have conditions in our relationships. We have conditions in our friendships. We have conditions, contracts. God says, hey, away with the contracts, away with the conditions. I'm going to love you unconditionally on a good day, on a bad day, on a beautiful day, on an ugly day. My love towards you is unconditional. My love towards you is consistent. Why? Because I love you. Unconditional love. I will never leave you. It doesn't matter what kind of day you're having. It doesn't matter what you've done. And I'm not saying just go out and act crazy and do stupid things. But you know what? Sometimes as human beings, we do act crazy and we do do stupid things. It's life. It's part of the human experience. But you know what? In spite of people rejecting us, in spite of us rejecting ourselves, God says, I will never leave you. And that's a guarantee. It's a guarantee from now until eternity of unconditional love towards you. Unconditional love, friends. He loves you. You can't get away from it. You can't escape it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that whosoever believes in him, whosoever just calls out, oh, help me, God, might not perish but have everlasting life. This promise guarantees unconditional love, the unconditional love of God towards you. 
It also guarantees and shows us an unchanging commitment. Oh, how commitments and promises fade in the world that we live in. Have you ever made a promise to a person and regretted it? God is saying in this simple line, in this simple verse towards us, this promise towards us, my commitment to you is unchanging. It's an unchanging commitment. Times change, life change, life changes, nothing's stable in our world, everything's unstable, and yet God says, I am, I am the Lord, I change not. I will never change towards you. I make this commitment to you and it doesn't matter what changes in your life, what changes in your world, my commitment to you is unchanging. It really is. It really is. We change, the Bible says, when we are faithless. Have you ever been faithless? Loads of times. Oh, but isn't it wonderful? God comes out and he doesn't fluctuate with our feelings, hot and cold. He doesn't fluctuate with our faithfulness. He says, hey, you might be faithless today, but you know what? I'm still going to be faithful to you. I love you. That's this unchanging commitment that God gives, Jesus gives to every single one of us. It's unchanging. It's, it's wonderful. Peter, one of Jesus' friends, tried to make a promise to Jesus on the darkest night of his life. He said, hey, Jesus, I'm never going to leave you. I love you. I've been with you for three years. You're talking about people hating you. You're talking about people rising up against you. My loyalty to you, Jesus, is unchanging. He tried to make that, that commitment to Jesus. And you know what happened? Within hours, he was denying Jesus and he was cursing him. Why? Because, hey, we're just human beings, friends. The Bible says that we fall and stumble in many, many ways. And I'm telling you now, I would rather rely on the, on, on the verdict of the Bible regarding human nature and human life than on some failing, faulty promise that I make to him. No, we stumble and fall in many ways, just like Peter did. I, I'll be with you to the end, Jesus. He didn't even last a couple of hours. His promise didn't even last as soon as the pressure came down on it. He, he failed. But you know what? Jesus had unconditional love towards Peter. Jesus had an unchanging commitment towards Peter, even though Peter had been faithless. Wonderful. That's what we see in these, in these wonderful words and promises that Jesus has made to each one of us. Also, if we see unconditional love here, unchanged commitment, we also see, and I love this, unbreakable assistance. Unbreakable assistance. God wants to assist us. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? God wants to help each one of us. He said, I'll send you a comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's how much I care for you. Not only will he comfort you, he'll help you. He'll come alongside you in life when you're worried and concerned. He'll bring the peace that I give to you. Unbreakable assistance. He'll assist you with the problems of life. There's no friend like Jesus. There really isn't. There really isn't. In fact, 
in verse 6, talking about this wonderful assistance, the writer to the Hebrews says this, having understood what Jesus had said, I will never leave you or forsake you, he confidently says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You see, knowing this, having this promise in your heart, knowing that Jesus lives in your heart, you can confidently say and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. That is unbreakable assistance, unbreakable aid, unimaginable aid at your disposal as you pray, as you call on the name of the Lord. The Bible says on every front, he saves you. In fact, that word helper, help in the Bible means this. It's a wonderful picture in the words. It means one who comes running towards you when you're in need. Hey, how about having a bit of that? On a Monday morning. Oh, God, help me get up. And he comes running towards you because he hears your need. Imagine you're in work and you're perplexed by what's going on. You're perplexed by the enormity of a problem or an obstacle or suddenly life attacks you or attacks a loved one as it so often does. Let's be honest. Imagine having the Lord as your helper, the one that threw the stars into space, the one that put the sun and the moon there, the one that keeps the earth in its orbit, the one that knows all of the intricacies of creation, the one that spoke worlds and universes into space. Imagine boldly and confidently being able to say, the Lord is my helper. Whom shall I fear? I don't fear the future. I don't fear my present. I don't fear the past. And we don't say that arrogantly or proudly, but just confidently knowing that he will never leave us or forsake us. There is an unbreakable assistance that Jesus gives to us. And finally, if we see unconditional love in these words, if we see unchanging commitment and unbreakable assistance, we also gain from these words an unimaginable assurance, an unimaginable assurance. Because beyond the grave, life awaits. Beyond the grave, Jesus said, I go. To prepare a place for you. He didn't say, I go. Now I've been victorious over death on a cross and risen from the dead. He didn't say, I go to prepare a place for me. Rulers do that. Emperors do that. Politicians do that. We live in a world, dog eat dog. The higher you get, the lower others go. It's about treading on somebody's head to get up the corporate ladder. That is the world that we live in. Jesus, like no other man. Jesus, the son of the living God. 
Jesus, God made flesh, dwelling among us, us beholding his glory, said, I go to prepare a place, not for me, but for you. It's wonderful, my friends. It's unimaginable assurance that he gives you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. There is no person in life other than Jesus that can make that promise. Amen. Amen. Let's close our eyes just for one moment. I want to give you an opportunity right now. I was given this same opportunity. A quiet moment. A quiet moment where you can think about what's been said this morning. You can think about the promise that Jesus makes to you. I will never leave you or forsake you. He doesn't come as an accuser. He comes as Savior. He comes as Prince of Peace. We look for peace in all of the wrong places. And because of looking for peace in all of the wrong places, our lives fall to pieces. But Jesus doesn't want our lives to fall to pieces. He wants peace to bring it all together. Right now, I'm going to pray. I'd love you to pray this prayer with me. I just want to help you. And by praying this prayer, you're going to ask Jesus into your heart. You're going to open the door. Just like you open the door every day in your home, you're going to open the door of your life. It's called your heart. And you're just going to say, hey, Jesus, come on in. You're inviting him now into your heart. Let me pray that prayer with you right now. Just quietly, while eyes are closed, repeat this quietly in your heart. Say, Jesus, I ask you right now, please forgive me of all of my sin. Save me. Make me your child. I want to know you. I open the door of my life. Thank you for wanting to come in to my heart. I invite you in. Amen. Now, while eyes are closed, if you prayed that prayer, I just ask you to quickly lift your hand up. I'll see it, then you can put it down. We've got a little book. That's right, mate. That's it. There's hands at the back there. Got a little Bible. That's it. Keep your hands lifted up. We just give you a little booklet. That's it. That's it. Just lift your hands up. Just keep them up, and we'll just get a little, little Bible, little New Testament to you. That's it. Keep your hand lifted. It may be your first time today. It may be your first time today in church. That's it. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Keep your hands raised. Hallelujah. Amen. We'd love, we'd love to see you again next week, the week after. You're more than welcome. Come and join us. We've got lots of stuff on. Amen.
Father, I thank you for every person here this morning, precious in your sight, loved by you. Lord, as we leave this building today, I pray that if somebody hasn't prayed that simple little prayer here this morning, I pray maybe tonight by their bedside, they'd cry out, help me, Jesus. That you'll, that'll get your attention, Lord. That'll get your saving grace. That'll get this wonderful, unconditional love to flow. Just for somebody to kneel at their bed even. Just say, oh, Jesus, help me. Lord, I pray for every person here that they would know you. You're near us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.